Welcome to The Road to Rural Prosperity, featuring stories about rural Oklahoma and rural America. Guiding us on the journey today is our host, Ron Hayes. Howdy neighbors, Ron Hayes with you today as we take another ride down the road to rural prosperity. Today, our traveling companion is Executive Chairman of Bank First Corporation, David Rainbow. We're sitting down with Mr. Rainbolt in his offices and the headquarters of Bank First in downtown Oklahoma City. This banker has a unique perspective of Oklahoma as they have 50 different communities that they have bank offices in. So they have influences in those communities and the communities that surround those locations. Today, we're being powered by the Oklahoma Public School Resource Center and the Petroleum Alliance of Oklahoma. Tyler Norvell of OYE is going to help us today in our conversation with David Rainbolt. And David, Tyler, and yours truly will return in just a moment. Headquartered in Oklahoma City, the Oklahoma Public School Resource Center envisions a quality public education for every child in Oklahoma, and their mission is to drive transformation and increased academic achievement within Oklahoma's public education system. The Resource Center is a nonprofit organization that provides essential resources, professional development, and technical assistance to the state's public schools. They advocate for high-quality instruction for all Oklahoma students and support increasing classroom innovation to provide them a challenging, globally competitive education. The Petroleum Alliance represents every segment of the oil and natural gas industry, speaking with one voice when advocating for the interest of its members, landowner partners, and employees. Our mission is to enhance Oklahoma's economy and every segment of the energy industry. Howdy neighbors, Ron Hayes with you today, and uh, we are on the road to rural prosperity. Joining us on this uh, this trip today, David Rainbolt. Mr. Rainbolt is the executive chairman of Bank First Corporation. That's a financial holding company, provides retail and commercial banking services here in the state of Oklahoma. One of the uh, one of the largest uh, state chartered banks in, in the state, a lot of locations, and we'll talk about that here a little bit later on. Also with us today, Tyler Norvell with OYE. He's going to help us uh, have this conversation today with Mr. Rainbow. David, thank you for uh, for your time today, and and welcome to uh, to the Road to Rural Prosperity. Oh, thanks for having me. I look forward to it. Now, let, let, let's talk a little bit about, uh, if we might, uh, uh, Bank First, as far as your, your involvement with it. You, you've obviously, last couple of years, have had this newer, newer role, the executive chairman. Before that, a lot of years as CEO. Right. For 25 years, I was uh, CEO of Bank First, um, and uh, we've had a couple of younger guys that have been with us for 15 years. Uh, and frankly, it was their time. Uh, as executive chairman, I'm, I'm still in the chain of command. It's just I've got a lot fewer direct reports. Uh, the interesting part of that, or maybe not very interesting, is I've realized uh, when we made this change uh, that now I just focus on the most important things, and it's still taking 100% of my time, which tells me I was out in the weeds for 25 years. Goodness. Uh, one of the great uh, interesting things to me about Bank First is your footprint. What, 100, 100 locations, 50 communities? Wow. Yeah, I'm from Oklahoma. I love Oklahoma. And so for years and years and years, decades and decades and decades, really, we focused on building a financial institution that would be sustainable, have a model that was sustainable, 
and and be important to the communities of Oklahoma, help build these communities. You know, obviously we're a retail business uh, and we run it like a business, but you know, bankers can't outperform their customer base. Uh, our job number one is making sure our customer base uh, is healthy and its quality of life in our communities is good. I guess what uh, the uh, the slogan that you're currently using in your advertising uh, across the across the state across the region, uh, the uh, concept of bank first, loyal to Oklahoma and loyal to you. It's who we are. I mean, our constituencies. While we were a corporation, we have shareholders. Uh, as I mentioned, um, if our communities don't thrive, if our customers don't thrive, then we're going to perform very modestly. Um, so we're partners with our own customers in terms of creating opportunity uh, for them and therefore for us going forward. Seems like you've uh, really uh, enjoyed bringing in the heritage of all these communities that you're, uh, you're a part of. Yeah, our advertising campaign, we've gotten a lot of compliments on. Um, it shows the tapestry of who we are, all these different communities, each of which is different from one another, mm-hmm. uh, from Oklahoma City to Hobart, uh, very different communities, but unique in their own right. And uh, we wanted a, a, an advertising campaign that that showed the color of each of our communities and uh, the history. A lot of people, a lot of young people have moved into Oklahoma, which is a good thing over the last several decades. And so there's one group of people that uh, this is news to. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, obviously, we all have hometowns here in Oklahoma, and we're, we're proud to hear about our hometown. You said you're early as good as your customers, and that's a question I have. How are your customers doing? How is the economy in Oklahoma? Where are we headed? How are we doing? Boy, there's a lot of questions in that. Uh, where are we right now? I think Oklahoma is uh, in solid shape. Um, it's no secret that... Uh, We've been uh, diversifying for years, but the oil and gas industry is still very, very important to Oklahoma, and and uh, the oil and gas industry is in a period of change right now. Um, I I think we've got some of our bigger companies, some of our bigger public companies, are uh, uh, going through a metamorphosis uh, like the rest of their industry. Uh, and some of them are doing very well, and others are, are a little further away. So uh, there's some there's some issues in oil and gas uh, for sure. Having said that, most of the rest of the cylinders are, are firing pretty well, and so I'd say it's solid. You know, maybe maybe not on fire, but solid. You know, where's it going? Every organization I'm involved with is uh, most concerned about what are our opportunities going to be in the years ahead, decades ahead. Um, I think Oklahoma has probably gone through more change in the last 10 years than in the previous 100. And uh, and we're going to have to go through even more in, in the next 10, and, uh, and that deals with education and industrial recruitment and making sure we're a business-friendly state, it, it covers the, the gamut, and I'm sure we'll talk about some of that. So, you know, when you, uh, when you look at all those factors out in front of you, how, how does that figure into your, your, your model, your, your business plan to be successful? 
Well, we're already, as I mentioned, we, we love Oklahoma, and we're from Oklahoma, and we're here. So it's not a question of whether or not do we come to Oklahoma. We are immersed in Oklahoma. So our challenge now is to make sure that we work with everybody else to make sure Oklahoma is all it can be. I'm not a particularly partisan person. I've been a registered independent for a long, long time. And my general hope is is that we can depoliticize some of these issues uh, that fundamentally are economic and improvement in quality of life issues. And uh, it seems like these days everybody spins those up into partisan issues when they're really not. Uh, And I would hope that uh, our state and our politicians – and I think there's some evidence that they, that this is happening. Uh, we'll be finding some middle ground and, and making progress on these economic issues and saving some of the uh, social fights that that don't really change our quality of life, mm-hmm. uh, saving them for later. Right. You know, you look back uh, to your early part of your career when you were, say, for example, first named CEO of Bank First what, 20, over 25 years ago now, of course, um, a lot of difference between then and and now, and I know you know that that institutional knowledge is is valuable. Yes, boy. I, when I think back to when I first became CEO, the bank has changed a lot. Uh, the industry has changed a lot. Oklahoma's economy uh, has grown dramatically. The metropolitan areas have have changed tremendously. Um, Everything, everything's changed, and I suppose that's probably always true over a 25-year period. But the uh, the politics has probably changed as much as anything, and I think that's what you were alluding to uh, early, early in my when I returned to Oklahoma after having left for uh, a few years. Uh, Oklahoma is still very much a uh, blue state, if you want mm-hmm. to look at it that way. And uh, today it's one of the very reddest state. Um, watching that, uh, as an independent, I didn't necessarily have any skin in that game. My concerns I've already uh, spoken about. But um, one thing that hasn't changed is that it's a very populous state. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, rural Republicans, uh, while they may be Republicans, are nonetheless very populist. Uh, which is a different kind of conservative. And, I, and I'm not making a judgment about that. Uh, what's interesting is all their grandparents were Democrats but were populists. So in one sense, it's been very consistent. Oklahoma is still a very populous state. No doubt. Um, we'll get into more of that in the second segment. But I want to talk a little bit. Your, your bank, your family, your dad, you are very, very philanthropic people. And talk a little bit about that, kind of y'all's philosophy behind your giving, why you do it, why it's important. Well, uh, two reasons. One I've alluded to, um, and that is we only do as well as our communities. And so uh, on a personal level, we need to make sure that we're doing uh, things that help the quality of life in the communities uh, from which we derive our livings. And uh, so helping, helping them grow is part of our philanthropic effort. Uh, the second one's more egalitarian, I guess. Uh, we owe it. I mean, it's from these communities we've prospered. Uh, 
and it's to these communities we owe that debt. Our conversation today is with David Rainbolt here on the Road to Rural Prosperity, and we will continue with Mr. Rainbolt here in just a moment. The Oklahoma Rural Water Association. They've been representing water and wastewater systems across Oklahoma since 1970. The Oklahoma Rural Water Association was formed to enhance the quality of life in rural Oklahoma through the development and delivery of services and programs for the benefit of ORWA members and the rural people they serve. With communities from border to border, Bank First lenders understand the needs of today's agricultural market. Whether you need to purchase land, equipment, or livestock, or maybe need an operating line of credit, call on Bank First. They are a certified lender with the Farm Service Agency and can help with specialized financing when other banks can't. Bank First is proud to serve the needs of the Sooner State's agricultural market. Bank First is loyal to Oklahoma and you. Member FDIC, loan subject to approved credit. Let's continue the journey on the road to rural prosperity, stories for rural Americans. Once again, here's host Ron Hayes. Welcome back to the Road to Rural Prosperity. I'm Ron Hayes. Thank you for joining us today. We are very pleased to have David Rainbolt with us. He is the executive chairman of Bank First. David, l- l- let's talk about some of your uh, some of your philosophy when it comes to the politics that you kind of alluded to, the fact that we have turned uh, decidedly a little more con- conservative in a lot of ways in, in the state of Oklahoma. As I mentioned before, my politics tend, uh, or the things I'm most concerned about, tend to revolve around economic opportunity for our our citizens. Um, You know, everybody, every Oklahoman has got their view on social issues. Uh, So do I, uh, just like everybody else. Having said that, as a banker, uh, those social issues don't really play a big role in the uh, development economically of Oklahoma in terms of jobs and uh, quality of life. So I tend to push those, my personal views on social issues, to the the background. I don't get involved uh, to any great degree on on those kinds of issues, which uh, everybody's passionate about. Um, but I do get involved on economic issues uh, because that's related to my business. It's related to the opportunity my children and other people's children are going to have. Uh, and moreover, the argument on social issues is unending, and people get very mad about it. So I, I tend to, and I'm in a retail business, our customers are on both sides of every social <laughs> issue, so it behooves me to stay the heck away from that. They get emotional. We all do. That's right. Well, the last nine months in politics have been more the norm, a little more successful. But the two years before that were a nightmare for all Oklahoma, maybe the worst time in Oklahoma state politics, definitely in my time. Talk a little bit about the step-up movement, whether you wanted to or not. You became the face and the voice of the step-up movement. Talk about how that came about, why it came about, and what what the purpose was at the time. Yeah, Yeah, when I signed up, to be involved with Step Up, I didn't realize I was going to become the face. It's because you were the independent, the only independent. I guess I was the only registered independent, so people might uh, think I was a little less biased. Uh, I got involved with Step Up because um, I thought we needed 
to break the log jam on revenues. Uh, the discussion had broken down into very partisan uh, opinions uh, about funding fundamental government uh, uh, undertakings like education, transportation. Um, and to me, that that wasn't an argument. You could look at the statistics and and, and Oklahoma uh, was extraordinarily competitive from a tax burden perspective and uh, equally extraordinarily uh, low on many lists in terms of education quality and uh, transportation issues that we had, health care issues that we had. And to me, there was a, a a separation there that was unjustified and really the business community felt the same way it was kind of interesting now uh, that had been polarized for partisan purposes and it had died or devolved into big government small government uh, things that frankly were better you know kind of aimed at uh, the federal government. I mean, people were mad because they didn't like the largesse of the federal government. To me, that's a separate issue. I mean, Oklahomans are pretty much of the same mind that the federal government uh, is bloated. And and I don't think very many of your listeners will be upset that I agree with them on that point. But because we don't have as much influence nationally, we had carried that argument to the state capitol and the fact of the matter was our government was very small and very underfunded, and the argument that we need to make it even smaller only hurt education, only hurt health care, only hurt transportation, and we weren't even meeting some of the fundamental needs, and we certainly weren't building the infrastructure uh, or educating the next generation in a manner that was going to prepare us to participate in a global world. And uh, I wasn't alone. And so the answer to your question is uh, there were businessmen all over the state and women that just felt like we needed to make it clear that regardless if we were Republicans or Democrats, there needed to be change. And, uh, and so we undertook it. There's never been a coalition built like it ever. Rural, urban, Republican, Democrat, uh, pro-business. Uh, it, it was very unique. If you could tell us one thing you took away from that, because you've told me many times you've learned a lot of things you didn't, you maybe not didn't know. What is one thing you would tell everybody is this is what I took away from Step Up and what I learned? I don't like politics. <laughs> uh, I learned a lot about politics, but I don't think that's your, your question. I think it deepened my realization that uh, political parties exist to perpetuate themselves and inevitably, uh, even confronted with logic and uh, statistics, that both parties will ultimately find opposite reactions. Everything gets politicized. Everything gets turned into a, a partisan issue. Um, we had uh, Republicans that opposed some of what we were doing. Um, some of the very most conservative Republicans uh, were opposed to what we were doing. And the, the thing that surprised me as much as anything 
the the group that aligned with them that in the end caused an alliance that causes trouble with the very most liberal Democrats. So the most conservative Republicans and the most liberal Democrats were uh, the biggest problem to us. The centrists, the thinkers uh, on both in both parties uh, were aligned. And uh, and we felt good about that. Uh, the ones that uh, were most concerned about their party winning or losing, and and them winning or losing with their base, uh, not so much. I was shocked at the unnatural alliances between the far left and the far right to do what really our polling would say seventy five percent of all Oklahomans wanted to do. Yep. Yeah, it's interesting. I thought with the results from the last election, the thing the voters wanted were solution-minded legislators. And I think that's why we had such a good session we did last year is because we got problem solvers in there. I think the best result, uh, you know, I feel good about uh, the fact that I I do think that the step-up program uh, provided cover for the legislature to eventually deal with uh, the issues in a slightly different manner, but not completely dissimilar manner than what Step Up uh, suggested. Uh, I do think we broke that logjam and allowed them to come to their own solution, which was a good one. The uh, unexpected and maybe even more important outcome or equally important outcome is uh, many, many of the opponents to the Step Up and the ultimate legislative solution uh, were defeated and or retired in the following uh, legislative cycle. Uh, The result of that is you've got many more centrist, moderates, uh, and that's not speaking to their social stance, but economically moderate conservatives out there. And as you saw, the session last year was much more uh, successful, much more well-managed, much less acrimony, and uh, I think we could all be proud of, of what's happened. And, and I think to some degree, Step Up sh- shone a bright light on some of the, the people that were disruptive to a, a good process. I, I agree with that. Now that we have a more solution, a problem-solving legislature, if you had the opportunity to address them like you did with Step Up, where would you tell them, what do we need to be looking at, where do we need to go, to improve, since we're focusing on here, rural Oklahoma. As we know, if rural Oklahoma is strong, all of Oklahoma is strong. What, what would your advice be to them is where they need to be looking? Yeah. Well, you've got to look at the issues in, in rural Oklahoma. I think health care has got to be at the top of that list. Clearly, health care is a challenge in places that don't have high population density. So technology has got to be part of that answer, but also revenues have got to be part of that answer. And Fortunately, I think you're going to see the legislature deal with health care issues in the upcoming session. I think they understand that. They see some of the problems rural health care and rural hospitals are having. And health care may look different in rural Oklahoma going forward, but it's got to be good and it's got to be sustainable. I think to some extent, I talked about technology relates to health care. I think technology in general with a dispersed population – uh, there's got to be connectivity, and for 
rural Oklahoma to participate fully in a modern economy, we've got to have the same connectivity uh, that we've got in the urban areas. And that's a more complicated issue that deals with utilities and, and incentives that the state needs to work with our, our utilities and making sure that, that that sort of bandwidth, if you want to use that one word, is available. If we're connected, uh, it obviously doesn't matter near as much where you live. Uh, there are, you know, urban opportunities are great. Proximity's got its advantage, but connectivity is an absolute necessity. And not last, there are many things, but I think last of the, the major ones, and maybe first, is education. Every child in Oklahoma needs to be ready for the new millennium, and that includes educating everybody, rural, urban, suburban. When you uh, hear the talk uh, with the new administration that's come in uh, at the start of 2019, the, uh, the state administration, he uh, talked in his campaign about top ten outcomes. He's uh, continued that in these early months as governor. Well, what does that, that concept mean to you? I like uh, the new governor's energy. Uh, I like the fact that he's a decision maker and not particularly deferential. I mean, he is not scared of, of uh, trying something. You know, top ten is literal in some cases, and I think figurative in others. I mean, getting out of the bottom ten is a good goal, too. And I think that's part of what he meant is that, look, we'll set our standards high, and we're going to shoot to get in the top ten. And uh, if you make major progress uh, in moving from 48th or 49th in one category to 25th, uh, we can say that's not good enough, but uh, the reality is that's a great improvement. So, you know, I like the fact that he's a big goal setter and that that will bring to everybody's attention some of the places where we're deficient. Uh, And uh, so I, I embrace that. What's your vision out there for uh, for Oklahoma? And obviously that uh, that would mean, I would think, uh, some some good things for, for Bank First as well. Gosh, my vision for Oklahoma. Um, and we've talked about education. We've talked about health care. Um, we, need, we need to make sure that, that, we, um, that we are a, a healthy place for the energy industry, because it's such a big part of our economy and historically a part of our heritage. Uh, having said that, I think we've, we've got to look forward to mm-hmm. um, that uh, the fossil fuel industry, uh, while gas reserves are going to be here for all of our lifetime, uh, which is a good thing, uh, we've also got to look to a future that may mean that the energy industry is uh, not as big a part of our economy as it used to be. And we've got to fill it up with other things. Uh, and that would include biotech. That would include aviation, aerospace. We're already a, a leader in that. Uh, so we've got to continue to, vers- to diversify. Uh, and at the same time, make sure that we don't uh, underappreciate the oil and gas industry. Rainbow, we do appreciate your time today. Uh, David Rainbow joining us today from Bank First on the Road to Rural Prosperity. I'm Ron Hayes. Thanks for joining us for today's Road to Rural Prosperity podcast. You can join the conversation about how rural Oklahoma can prosper by looking for us on Facebook 
And you can find our growing number of conversations on our website, RuralProsperityOK.com. The Road to Rural Prosperity podcast series is a production of the Radio Oklahoma Ag Network and OklahomaFarmReport.com. Proud to be a part of the family of the Funk Companies. <laughs>